Well, we, um, John and Tyler and I, would like to offer a very brief sermon series during the rest of August. Just these, uh, actually, it's a three-week sermon series, and it's uh, the purpose is to introduce to you a a part of the vision of the fall of 2013. And uh, it will be under the heading of uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, which we've heard read this morning, and we'll hear more of in a few minutes in this sermon. The early church followers of Jesus were what? Devoted to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. Now, what we want to do this fall is fit that under our vision of 2013, and I know you know what that is, or most of you do, but let me say it to you again. In Vision 2013, impacting hearts, homes, and neighbors with our hearts, hands, and helps. And uh, this work for us this fall is a part of the vision about impacting our own hearts, uh, how we ourselves might grow in our knowledge and love of the Lord and as disciples. So uh, there's one obvious way to do that, and that is weekly worship. Come! Come to this great setting on Sunday morning every week, even during football season. See, I'm a football fan also, and I know what happens on Saturday and how Saturday sometimes can even trump Sunday. And that, you know, either we're just so excited about our team on Saturday and we stay up late and we celebrate and we're with friends and Sunday morning becomes secondary and it just kind of slips by. And yet this fall season is a... It's always critically important, um, our life with Christ. But this one with this particular trajectory, I believe, is particularly important for us to be intentional about. I believe it's partly particularly important because there is so much excitement about the football season ahead of us. So it's going to be even more challenging than usual because Clemson fans are so excited about Clemson. And Carolina fans are so excited about Carolina. And everybody else is so excited about their team as well, I expect. And uh, I'm simply trying to make room for something that's also important, impacting our hearts on Sunday morning. So come. And another way to impact our hearts in this fall season just ahead of us is with small groups. Now, I'm a convert to this. I've been in this, uh, in this uh, conversion phase for a long time. But I was an anti-small group person who became a passionate small group person I'm an introvert who discovered that small groups were really a great and rich blessing for introverts as well as extroverts. And so, as you all know, we have lots of small group life around here, starting with Alpha itself, and it's the whole content of Alpha being based around small groups. Every follower of Christ needs to belong to a small group that meets regularly. Every one of us who's a follower of Christ needs to belong to a small group that meets regularly. Now, I mentioned that this morning, especially in under this heading of devoted, because in a few weeks following Labor Day, we will launch a new model of our small group ministry here at St. Paul's that we are calling Life Groups. And it's a place to accomplish this task of impacting our own hearts. This is not to displace any small groups we already have or ones that you are already in, but these are a new offering and a means of adult faith formation for everyone. And there may be some current small groups which may wish to adapt and become life groups by definition. It's going to be based on the reading of this morning, as I said, devoted, Acts 2.42. 
Uh, that's one of those words that uh, kind of slipped by us in the readings. Uh, I wanted to just, uh, I, I meant actually to put the Greek up there, and when I sent it to, um, to Carrie to get this posted, I realized uh, my computer did not bring the Greek language with it. It wouldn't have done as much good anyway, but just so you could see it in Greek. But it's translated, um, see in Greek it would have looked differently up there on the screen. But uh, in, in translated, um, transliterated, it spells out in English from the Greek P-R-O-S-K-A-R-T-E-R-E-O and it's pronounced proskartereo. And uh, it's often translated devoted, but if you were to uh, just to delve into the root meaning of that word and, and the, um, uh, there, there's great passion in this word in the Greek. And so I simply pulled some more definitions to try to get more weight to it than it, that it deserves, that can't be put into a Bible passage where they only have one word they can, uh, one verb they can choose. But to be proskotereo is to adhere to one, to be uh, devoted or constant to one, is to be steadfastly attentive to, to give unremitting care to a thing, to continue all the time. In a place, in other words, this is this steadfast commitment to persevere and not to faint is another way it's defined. To show oneself courageous for another, that kind of gives that kind of um, relational tie of this word also, devotion to an individual, uh, think Jesus in this case, or other faithful followers of Christ. To be in constant readiness for one, to wait on constantly, that idea of service to another in a constant fashion. So what we get are the various translations in the Revised Standard or the New International Version or the King James, and it comes out as devoted or to remain faithful, um, continuing steadfastly. See, these, interp- these translators also are trying to get at the, the real you know, sort of weight of this word. And I, I, I appreciate uh, Eugene Peterson, the message uh, says they committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, which is about Scripture, and then he, what he described, I like this, uh, instead of fellowship, he has, he, they commit themselves to the life together, the common meal, and the prayers. So, I have a first question for you this morning, and um, that is this. Are you a follower of Jesus? Are you a disciple, in other words? Or, almost as good a question, do you want to become a follower of Jesus? The way to do that is first to say yes to the Lord Jesus. Yes, as Savior and Lord. We might even have to say, Lord, I do believe. Help my unbelief, but I believe, Lord. And then this stepping out. If you're like me, it might be a stepping out again into life with Christ. Because something always follows after faith. Once we make that decision that yes, the Lord we're not only saying yes with gratitude for our salvation we're saying yes with energy and commitment to our followership our devotion to following him so the context for us in this season of our lives is to make a decision to be part of the Lord's team this year Now, I'm using that word team because we're in that season of teams. You know, we're all on various teams. Uh, We have some tigers here, you know. 
that are big tiger followers, Clemson Tiger. And we have some Gamecock followers here as well. I know there's a Bulldog sprinkled here and there in the midst as well. Maybe even a uh, Coastal Carolina Chanticleer. Um, I'm glad that, there, uh, uh, that we have names that we can embrace with some kind of enthusiasm, these, uh, these uh, mascot names. I did research a few other names just to see uh, what else might be available, and I'm glad I'm not some of these. I've never really liked Arkansas Razorbacks. I know we have a couple of Razorbacks. I'm sorry. It's just the thing you wear on your head for the game you have to wear with the horns on and all that. It, it doesn't, but, uh, but that's, uh, that's okay. But how about Campbell University? If you're a graduate of Campbell University, you're a fighting camel. <laughs> Do you really want to be a fighting camel? Or how about uh, I actually played football against Austin College in Texas, and uh, so I had to play against the Austin College kangaroos. They didn't scare me for a minute, a bunch of kangaroos. We have a wonderful member of this parish who actually is now deceased, but he was a graduate of New York University. And uh, I didn't think he told me at the time that this was their name. I didn't believe him, but it's on record. Uh, New York University, NYU, it's the New York University Violets. You know, like V-I-O-L-E-T-S, the New York <laughs> University Violets. But if you don't like that, you can be a Colby College fan, and you are a Colby College white mule. Or if you are a follower of Arkansas, University of Arkansas in Monticello, you're a bull weevil and a cotton blossom. Aren't you lucky? I'll pass. I remember chuckling on TV. I've heard about the Delaware fighting blue hens. I never worry too much about blue hens, where they fight or don't fight. And, uh, but I, I think this one's on the bottom of the list in terms of names that I would not choose for my school um, name. And uh, this is the North Carolina School of the Arts. And they're on record for being uh, the North Carolina School of the Arts Fighting Pickles. <laughs> I can't even get my mind. What's a fighting pickle look like? I mean, I know, Chase. It, what is it? A fight, Would you like to be a fighting pickle? So anyway, sorry. Um, we're talking about teams, weren't we? And so we have all these teams on Saturday. But then there's the team. It's the primary team. It's the fundamental team. It's the most important team of our lives. And I simply want to encourage you and invite you from this moment forward in this fall season to remember your priorities Sunday or Saturday. Saturday is great. It's good. It's right. It's fun. But Sunday's better and richer and more important. And when I say Sunday, I don't only mean worship. I mean your life in Christ as first, foremost, and primary. So, once one has said yes to Jesus, once one has made a decisive, deliberate decision, yes again to being a follower of Jesus, then what I have for you and what Acts 2.42 has for you are four practical spiritual habits. That the early church was what? Proskotereo, devoted, steadfastly committed, really passionate about being devoted to these four spiritual habits. And they are the apostles' teaching, which means that the apostles relied upon Scripture to guide and direct their lives. They had the Old Testament, and they wrote the New Testament. Paul and Peter and John wrote the New Testament and gave us this for our life to live. And along with that, the life together. 
koinonia is another Greek word, the fellowship, which is a life of intimate union and communion with best friends and good friends and fellow laborers. And the breaking of bread simply builds on that. The idea of the breaking of the bread is saying shared life together in many and various ways, inclusive of around the table for fellowship of that order. And finally, the prayers and the discovery of the power of group prayer as well as individual prayer as a vehicle and means for our, for our lives. So, um, life groups to impact our hearts in order that we might impact the world with our hearts and hands and helps. Now, the next three weeks, we will talk about the apostles teaching the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. And just let that build a foundation and a case for what we're going to be doing with our life groups in the fall. And if I may, I'll take the last few minutes of this sermon to speak about the first one of them, the apostles' teaching. And let's, again, put it under this kind of uh, uh, thinking. Um, is um, What is your manual for life? What is your guidebook? You know, uh, there are lots of guidebooks that we use and consider essential. I'm just so respectful of the, the whole witness and ministry of Alcoholics Anonymous. We have a very active chapter on this on our campus here and those folks are very involved in our lives here as followers of Christ and uh, they have the blue book Um, that is that is that they will say sometimes that is their bible Uh, that is what enables them and helps them to stay sober for one thing but also guides and directs them and it's a wonderfully biblically based book but the blue book is uh is the manual for recovering alcoholics or what about the person in the kitchen the cook needs a recipe book, and maybe you have the St. Paul Sensational Supper Club Sampler as one of your cookbooks to be your guide. Or if you're a coach on the sidelines this fall, and these poor players, they have to learn hundreds of pages of the playbook. has to be memorized from beginning to end. Or thank goodness your auto mechanic has uh, his auto mechanic manual. So really, these books are really basic to our lives, and in all of our professions, we have some particular book that is the essential book that we need to have as a resource to guide and direct us. So obviously, with the apostle teaching, you know where I'm getting to, is what does the Christian have who wants to live his life successfully, to live her life successfully? The apostle's teaching. The manual that tells us what is best, what works for us, what works best for us, the manual, the Bible. It also tells us what does not work by illustration, by example, or simply by fair warning. It will even tell you and does tell you what is a disaster choice for your life if you choose to make it. Because in our free will, we will do things that we ought not to do. But it will tell us what is a disaster choice. And it will also tell us when we have made that choice, how to get back on the right track again. All of this so that you and I can have a life well lived. It will give us a worldview and a framework. To see life through the lens of a Christian worldview will bring wholeness and stability and goodness and strength and direction to your life. So what we envision St. Paul's Somerville being 
is not like joining a church. It's not like, well, I'm a member of this church, although there is, that, that's true on the one level, but on a much deeper level. The invitation for you, and again, let me say, especially for this fall, in the context of worship and life groups and ministry, is to live in Christian community, a community devoted to the apostles' teaching, to life together, and to ministry. When Jesus began his ministry, we heard the reading from the fourth chapter this morning. And he begins, as we discover, as was his custom, he was at, at worship on Sabbath. And he was given the scroll of the prophet Isaiah to read, and he read it, and he taught from it. Taught from it in a very dynamic fashion. Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Um, but there's where his ministry begins, relying upon the source his manual, his scriptures. And when he ends his ministry, if you move from chapter 4 of Luke to the 24th chapter of Luke, he has died, he has risen, and he is meeting his disciples and his followers after his resurrection and before he ascends to heaven. And what does he do? Well, on a road to Emmaus, he meets two of them, and they say afterwards, did not our hearts burn within us when he opened what? Open the scriptures to us and explain to us this guidebook. And then just minutes later in the evening, he's gathered with his followers, the apostles. They're locked behind closed doors still, but he gathers with them. And what does he do? But he opens the scripture to them. That's how important this is. It was fundamental to Jesus' life. It bookends his life and everything in between. He relies upon scripture to guide and direct his life. How could we not do any less? And so life groups in the fall will be another vehicle and means to allow scriptures to permeate our own lives, our own, our own hearts. So what's next? Well, it's kind of like, maybe it's really like, we, John and Tyler and I, are issuing a God call to this family, St. Paul's. Come. Come to have your heart further impacted by the life and truth of Jesus. Come to worship each week, to be fed and nourished and to enjoy this fellowship with one another as well as this fellowship with him. Come, join, belong to your life group. And we will provide the vehicles and means and, and, and ways of doing that as we move forward towards this into September. You may be asked to help in a leadership role for that. Say yes if the Lord moves you to do so, but I hope he will. And you will be asked to be a part of one of these life groups, and I hope you'll be able to make time and find time to fit that into your life. And so then what will we be? Well, we'll all be people who understand proskar tereo, won't we? Devoted, steadfast, committed to our life in Christ through our life groups. We will share life together. Worship, life groups, and ministry. I look forward to it. Right after Labor Day, we launch. Stay tuned. See you this season. Amen.